And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. We have another special guest today. We had one yesterday. Now we got another one today. Ben Askren, my man, thank you for joining us this week. Yeah, how are you guys doing today? Good, man. How's the uh, quarantine going, bud? <laughs> well, I, uh, damn, I started on March 13th. I took it seriously. I was following it when it was in China. I even, for the first time, I said, I told my wife to go buy a bunch of, you know, extra supplies. So we did that. So you've got um, all the toilet paper. <laughs> I did not. I, I, I couldn't get that one. I was like, why? That's the, the dumbest thing ever. Oh my God. It's so stupid. Like, why would I buy toilet paper? I mean. If I, I say if I had to, I just wipe my ass with a rag. I'd wash the rag and I'd wipe it again. It's my ass. It doesn't need to be clean. <laughs> Hello. Jump in the on. damn shower. It's the, la the last thing you need to stock up on is toilet paper. But some moron put that out there and everyone fall. That's so yes. I, I couldn't crazy. get that. I couldn't get that for the life of me. So I've really only seen my wife and my brother. We shut down our wrestling academies on March 13th, which sucks because it's like. Our busiest time. We actually, yeah. you know, we had one week. So we don't coach the high schools during the season. The high schools were off. We had them for one week. We had our biggest spring ever. A lot of new faces. We were really excited. And then, yeah, we had to shut it down. So it was really unfortunate. And just been uh, staying at home, doing podcasting. Uh, building a disc golf course outside. So I'm kind of staying busy with that and watching my kids. Holy, you're building a what? Disc golf course. Disc golf course. Big John, you're. I know you Come disc on. golf. Don't lie. I do not disc golf, dude. I, Why? I, I would, because I would suck at it. No, because you used to be a police officer, and you thought all the disc golfers were potheads, didn't you? <laughs> hey, yeah, I got a question. Yes, I got did. a question for you. We, you know, with the loss of the NC2A championships uh -huh. in wrestling, and then a lot of these guys actually trying to extend a year, and yeah. they were turned down by the NC2A. What do you think of that? Oh man, that's a, that's a tough one because logistically speaking, most colleges have promised they they've they've guaranteed one year of scholarship to the next class coming in. Most of them have recruited now two years out. Right, the recruiting process starts really early now, so a lot of juniors are already committed and they're not allowed to give scholarship offers, but they essentially have. So it's like if you give an extra year year of eligibility, you have to deal with that for two years. So that's going to be a large issue. Um, obviously, it's not just in wrestling; it's in other, any winter sport. Every sport, yeah. Um, so I would definitely lean towards they should have done it, but I can understand why a lot of coaches, administrators were intimidated by the issue because I think it brings a whole bunch of problems back on them. And you know, we actually just saw Old Dominion drop their program <clears throat> yesterday, and I think that's unfortunate. But I think I've been talking to a bunch of college coaches, and athletic departments are not as stable as I would have assumed. I thought they were way more stable, but a lot of them are going to be in a lot of problems with. The NCAA basketball tournament getting canceled, which is a huge moneymaker. Right, money you know, they split that a lot of different ways. And then obviously now people are worried. That they're already worried about the football season, which I don't foresee this going that long, although I'm not an expert, so maybe don't take my word for it. <laughs> You're talking like almost triple the amount of money basketball makes during their March Madness, the, yeah. the, you know, the college season makes. So I can't imagine them, especially now with Trump came out yesterday and was talking with the, all the sports organizations saying mm – -hmm. You guys got to get back on track because, you know, not only are we losing money, but it's that's kind of what helps keep the economy afloat. People get interested yes. in watching sports and then all of a sudden they get out and they start buying product for their kids, whether it's cleats, whether it's, yeah. you know, gear, whatever it is. Um, that kind of helps keep the, the market going as well. We may potentially see the market shut down like the all the in-store shopping might be done now. 
people realize well, they have to like do everything here, online. Josh. Yeah. I don't know what you guys are like in California, but um, say down the road for me, you know, Best Buy is shut down. Kohl's is shut down. You know, I, I think they said non-essential, which, you know, that's kind of a finicky term. But a lot of the big businesses around here um, are totally yeah. the Starbucks by me doesn't have a drive through. So it's totally shut down. Uh, it's it's really crazy. Yeah, everything here is takeout. I'm in, I'm in the Bay Area, so we're like a, okay. one of the feeding grounds for this thing right now. So we still don't have a lot of cases. I want to say we're at like 2,000 cases total. I think in I think only like maybe under 100 deaths or at 100 deaths. I think right now. But the it's it's a shitty situation to be in because all these businesses like me, I've been shut down for over a month, yeah. and I have yeah. another month to go. I mean, you know, we're just I'm just back and forth with my landlords, and I've got two two yeah. buildings that I'm paying rent on, and yeah, it's a yeah. lot to take in. I think it's a lot to take in for a lot of people. I think you're going to start seeing, we're going to see whether we are going to, our parents, because now they're homeschooling, they're going to be like, hey, do I do I even need to pay for these schools when I can just have my kids do it at home? Oh, uh, homeschooling like, is miserable. <laughs> they're all like, everybody I know has been talking <laughs> about it. They're like, no. So they're like, get them out of here. They start drinking at 10 a.m., all the parents. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, but I think also all the online sales, this is teaching people how to shop online, get yeah. things delivered, not have to worry about going to the store. Yeah. I mean, they, uh, podcast dave here was talking about yesterday he was at the store and they actually have taped lines where you're allowed to stand when you're oh, waiting, yeah. when you're buying your yep. stuff stay six feet away i went to costco every line was open and because they don't want people talking or near each other so they wanted to make yeah. sure every line was open so they're having to pay more people to work and less revenues coming in i mean that's that's got to kill that's got to kill major businesses yeah especially yeah. small businesses yeah, well, I, I mean, we applied for, I don't know if you applied for the small business loans. Uh, we applied the other day. We have five yeah. wrestling academies. Uh, it seems to be a pretty good deal if it, you know, if we get accepted and everything, but it's, yeah. it's eight weeks of pay and they, and it's loan forgiveness. Like you don't yeah. have to pay it back for, for eight weeks. If your loan extends longer than that, I guess you have to pay it back or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but it's all rent utilities and payroll are all written off with yeah, so loan. so i fi i filed that same paperwork but it didn't say anything about rent in it it just said for the payroll so that's why i filled out all the payroll but it said rent you click the box for rent as well yeah but you got to include that figure into it but when it talks yes, to you later right. on in the application it only talks about payroll and so yeah. even though that's one of the boxes you click so i just i just threw everything in there all at once to see what it is you I mean like i mean i'm it's it's pretty expensive to live out here, man. The rent here is not yeah. cheap. You know, I mean, everyone's paying, yeah. you know, big dollars. I mean, for, you know, for 6,000 square feet or per square foot, it's like $4 a square foot with like a 60 cents triple net. It's ridiculous. Jeez. You know, so How yeah. much per square foot? $4. Oh, yeah. Some That's of these places well. are like four twenty-five and almost five bucks. That's not that terrible. That's what you get for a storefront. That's why I went to a commercial area, seventy-five cents a square foot. So you what? say you God, say that that's so cheap. You no. say thank you very much. I had thirty thousand square feet though. So here's but the thing, <laughs> but, but here when you like $4 when you a square foot here, Josh, I thought it'd be way more expensive by you. Yeah, but I'm actually kind of one of the cheaper ones because I'm in one of those uh, old like strip mall kind of thing places. Mm, got so it. people just come uh. here because you know me. You know, I'm, yeah. Oh. John, I've never seen $75 or 75 cents a square foot. I've never seen that. Yeah. Oh, you gotta, commercial areas, man. You, then you just got to go through the problems getting the city to allow. That's what happened yeah. right now. So yeah. you remember all the CrossFitters were in the commercial areas, like the big warehouses. Yeah. And then yep. the city came in and said, if you're already nope. in, you can stay. But if you mm, if you nice. if you ha if you're trying to apply for one, no, because there's no parking for it. You can't you sure, can't have parking yeah. for that business. It's meant to be yeah. a warehouse. Makes and sense. so, I mean, have you, here's my question. When you've got your school and you've had your school for a while, same as Josh had his, I had mine, I got rid of it, thank God. But 
with this, have you actually thought about how long you can go before you say, I can't reopen my school? Oh, yes, of well, course I have. The, the problem is, uh, I mean, so we actually were in a really good situation. We were conservative. We had about four months where we could pay pay all of the employees, pay our rents and be fine. Obviously, with this loan, it's going to be even longer than that. But and then that's without yeah, us dipping in any personal funds. You know, my brother, and I could dip into personal funds as well. But you know, the one of the things we said is like, dude, if the economy shut down for four months, we got bigger problems than yeah. our wrestling academy. Is like if the, the whole economy shut down for four months. Well, I, I luckily I got Bitcoin, so I'm probably gonna be fine. My brother's got Bitcoin; <laughs> he's probably gonna be fine. But Bitcoin ain't gonna be worth nothing. John, <laughs> you better go buy some Bitcoin as a hedge. It's some Bitcoin, baby. You uh, need to buy some Bitcoin. Uh, yeah. And you'll be thanking me later. So, yeah, I mean, if the economy shut down for four months, we got we got bigger issues than our wrestling academies. I mean, you already saw the unemployment spike in, you know, a week or two weeks of this yeah. shutdown. If we go four months, dude, it's going to be depressionary type of shit. So that's why, you know, obviously the, the coronavirus is dangerous. But at the same time, four months or, you know, of economic shutdown is going to be catastrophe. It's going to be a catastrophe for everybody, not just us here in the States. It's going to be worldwide. I mean, people will be, they'll be fucking robbing and looting and doing all the things that we don't want people to be doing, you know? And that's why I think that's why gun sales jumped up so much. People were kind of thinking California. Yeah. Yes. All you liberals bought guns. What the hell? No, look at them. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. thing happens. I didn't. They change. I didn't buy guns. I already had a bunch of them. (laughs) (laughs) I already have a bunch of them. So, um, yeah, it's funny because one of my brothers, he's a police officer. So I just took him down and we were able to get a couple of guns because they get discounts. So nice. Oh, you cheap bastard. Yes, I am. I'm that's cheap. I am a frugal son of a bitch when it comes to things like that. I just remember you saying all this bad stuff about your brother, but boy, when you get a discount, look at you, man. I'm like, yo, let's go, let's go. (laughs) So um So do you guys think that they're gonna pull off UFC two forty nine or what's your guys' take on it? Well, we had we had a conversation yesterday with uh with Chael. And Chael yeah. brought up a great point. There was one country that we didn't even consider. And John, why don't you there. take it away? John's worked there several times. Antarctica. Man. No. <laughs> no. It's close. It's Chechnya. You know, Chechnya is Chech- not technically its own country. I mean, they well, kind yes, of Yes, it is. Oh. Yes, it is. Yeah. Are you sure? Yes. I'm a geography major, John. I'm, I'm going to fact check you on this. Go um, ahead. There's, you know, you fear, and they consider themselves. Chechnya. He's googling it right now. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> he's googling it right now. It's part Chechnya. of. You know, you got to look. It's like a, a federal a, subject of the Russian Federation. That's right. It used to so be a buffer that? state for, you know, Russia, Russia, but yeah, it's considered its own country, even though it's still under the sovereign. Uh, they hmm. they look at Putin as uh, still a guy, but they're the person who's in charge is Kadyrov. Uh, but you know, it's yeah, funny because I've yeah. I've done fights there. They you know they consider MMA their national sport. They have he built an arena specifically for MMA. It's just got a small little footprint at the bottom for the cage to fit. Oh, wow, nice! And it goes up. If there's one place that yeah, you could probably they're gonna say we don't have coronavirus here. You know? yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> they're gonna say it. Yeah, that's, that's what they're gonna say. Yeah, that's the hot air for wrestling too. I'm, uh, I've, I've been to Vladikavkaz, which is not Chechnya, but it's yep. really, really close. Close. And Mahachkla is really good for wrestling. Nalchik, all those areas down there. That Mahachkla, that's that's where uh, Islam and, and Khabib are from in that area of Dagestan, yes. correct? 
Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah I believe so. Yeah. I want to make sure I don't ever murder that name. Like I, I, I hear them say it all the time, <laughs> but I'm just like in my mind, I'm like, is that the same spot? I always think to myself, I'm not familiar with those areas. I never went over there. So, um, Wait, so did you guys say yes or no? You do think they will pull it off? So I, I don't think so. I don't think so. But if they were to do think it, so. I think that would probably be the only place. And the other thing too is what's going to be the card. And if you were Tony Ferguson, like we talked about, I talked this yesterday with Chael, why? Why would you take it? Why would this, the fight that wants to be made that everybody wants to see is just him and Khabib. I don't really give a yes. shit about him and him and Justin Gaethje. Sure, I, I'd, lo I'd love to see that fight. That's a great fight. But I want to see more for, I want to see the title yeah. on the line against him and Khabib. Yes. That's one. And two is I want to see the best two versions of those guys. And I'm not going to yes. get that right now. We won't get that. They're, all this, they have no idea where the fucking show is right now. Yeah. Both yeah. fighters are up in the air. And if they were to do it in Chechnya, I mean, Tony's got to fly all the way to that country. It just You're less than talking, two weeks out. Yeah. Less yeah. than two weeks. Yeah. Well, uh -huh. I said, I said, if they are going to do it, what I would do, you're going to have a bunch of these beta male reporters, you know, trying to guilt the local government into turning them down. So if I were Dana and I were doing the show, I am not telling anyone till like 4 p.m., the way it happens, then everyone finds out where we're at. Because yeah. I'm not giving them, I'm not going to give them an extra week or two weeks to try to guilt the local government or the governor or you know representatives into to canceling it. I'm not doing that. I'm gonna I'm gonna freaking privately fly everyone in. I'm gonna put on the show. I'm not gonna tell anyone if they, if I really want to do it. That's how I'm gonna do it. That's true. If you want to try to do it in the states, but I don't. There's no way of them getting it done in the states. There's, no, think, there's yeah. no way you're gonna get it done. Like here. he was well, saying, there's only four well, states that are really open to potentially yes. doing it. There's the, but that's still four. Yeah. <laughs> so what you're saying is there's still a chance. There's not still yes. got a chance. I think so you're here's, saying and there's a chance. One of those states mm -hmm. is is South Dakota, correct? South, South Dakota, Dakota, North Dakota. Yes. And one of the biggest places there is where Sioux Falls is. They have that new arena that they just built there in Sioux Falls at, at Sanford Health. And okay. uh, that, you did say health, right? Yeah, Sanford Health. Yeah, <laughs> Sanford Health. So, but that that arena, I mean, I would, I could see them potentially if, if South Dakota was willing to do it. I could see them potentially doing it there. That's a hotbed for MMA. Uh, what's it called? Bader's uh, manager lives there. Yep. Uh, what's it called? American Ethanol is out of there. Yeah, they've got yep. they've got the money and the resources to make it all work, and just it'd be closer to, to the public, and. I could see them potentially if they were to do it in the state. They already have connections and links there. I could see them potentially doing it there. But I still don't think this. so. I don't think okay, so. But let me ask you this. Just put this into consideration. So they do, we'll say they do it. Okay. okay. And they, they sit there and you can sit there and say what you want. We've learned that taking someone's temperature doesn't mean shit. Because you're, if, you're, if you're asystematic in it, your sure. temperature can be low and you still have yep. it. And you're still someone that can spread to somebody else. Yeah. So then let's say that they do the show, they do it without any people in the stands. Yes. But one of the one of the fighters, one of the trainers, one of the staff of the UFC comes down with the coronavirus and God forbid they have it so bad they lose their life. Was yeah, I mean it? uh Was it I mean, worth it? I would say you have to leave that up to every individual. I I'm I'm a guy who loves freedom. So uh, I'm going to say leave that up to the fighters. These fighters are already to make the choice to get in the cage with someone. I mean, technically, no one's died in sanctioned MMA, but a lot of people have sanct technically, died in sanctioned that's, boxing. Stop, stop, stop. What? Don't even say that. That's not true. People what? have died in regulated sanctioned? MMA. How many? Absolutely. How many? How many in regulated MMA? Regulated, yes. I, I can I can give you two, and one was last year. Herb Dean was the referee. Okay, so we'll say okay? two. And that was 
you know, you're talking about Chechnya. That's where it was at. Okay. Okay, okay so, so we'll say Sammy right, we'll Vasquez s- was the first in in Texas. Okay. So okay. well that's even more to my point, John. Uh so we've had people <laughs> die in MMA. We've had a lot of people die in boxing. I mean, boxing, yes. we're we're in the four to five figures of deaths. You still let people get in the boxing ring, don't you? Yeah, but boxing's been around fifteen times way longer. Point. They still die. <laughs> they still <laughs> that we we know Here. inherently that is a very dangerous activity. Two adults want to Hold come it. together and box, whatever. Do you, oh, stop. Do you <laughs> what? know what is the number one, number one, as far as injury rate in professional sports? And then do you know what the number one is as far as sports that hurts I, I, people with life-altering injuries? Oh, life-altering. Uh, no, I, are we talking per capita or total amount? I would imagine volleyball is probably pretty high up there. Oh my God! Did you just say well, that? Well, we're talking per capita. I would say. Give like you a NASCAR. little history here. When you're talking about professional sports, okay. professional bull riding association. Oh, I would. Yeah. Fifteen out of every fifteen rides, they have one major injury. You let people do that out, out of every fifteen I mean, rides. Sakes. And if you're going to say what is the number one injury for sports <laughs> as far as life threatening, cross country equestrian riding. Little people on big horses going over large obstacles that don't move. Horse falls, falls on top of the person, crushes them. All right. They, all don't, right. they don't do well. So okay. Ben, so go ahead. So you guys are both, I mean, you're okay with those sports existing. And so no, I hate those sports. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so what I would say well played, is John. Well if you played. want Thank to be you. extra careful, then say, listen, if you're going to fight on this card, we're going to give you an extra 20, 30, 40% on your purse. I mean, this is if Dana's really determined to get this done. And you're going to self-quarantine afterwards. And you're going to sign an agreement that says, we're going to pay you extra, but you are going to self-quarantine for 14 days or whatever. And, and that's another way. I mean, there, there's just ways to get it done if you really want to get it done. I mean, we're talking about a, a death rate of 0.1%. The bull riding, you're talking about 1 out of 15. That's like seven seven-ish percent. Way more dangerous. Well, most of them are not dying, thank God, but they're getting hurt. But Ben, yes. here, here's the thing. But bull riders are tough. Ben, listen, what, this <laughs> is dumb too. This is the issue, though, is that... Oh. Did you just call Cowboy Cerrone dumb? Yes. Does he ride bulls? He loves loves ride bulls. Hold on. Josh, have you ever put your ass on the back of a bull? No, and I never will. Okay, I (laughs) Absolutely not. And I tell everyone, the dumbest decision I ever made was putting my ass on the back of a bull. Yeah, I have no My friends thought it was fucking hysterical. I have no Okay, For about two and a half seconds, I thought I was going (laughs) to die. I'll jump out of an air. I've jumped out of airplanes plenty of times. I'll do that multiple oh, times that. over than, than doing a than doing a bull ride. There's no damn way. Um, so here's the only issue that I have with what both of you guys are talking about is that you have to remember that since these guys are signed under the contract with the UFC, and I want to give you guys a, a, what happened from before. There was this show out called The Blind Date. Okay, and a couple of fighters had to do the blind date back in the day in the beginning of the UFC. Five fighters were meant to do it. They asked Chuck Liddell, they asked me, they asked Nick Diaz, they asked Nick Diaz told Dana to go fuck himself. Literally after that, after he that was right after he knocked out Robbie Lawler. He went from yeah, being on Big the fun. show, he went to being on the undercard to being cut. I'm letting you know, yeah. like you're putting fighters in a position now where they don't want to do it because maybe they don't. Maybe they're concerned about their safety in terms of yeah, I could bring it home to my elderly grandparent or my kids that I live with, you know, on a daily basis. After I do this fight, I could do that, but they also need the money. But you're also kind of forcing them into a position of hey, I'm your boss. You're going to do this fight, Josh. If I mean, okay, so listen, I, I would agree with that sentiment that Dana 
is a bully to a lot of the fighters. 100% agree. So now you got fighter X and fighter Y, and they can't. They say they can't pay the rent or feed their families unless they go do this fight. And they want to choose. They're a healthy 27-year-old adult, okay? And they want you to go to the fight, and they live at home by themselves or maybe with a live-in girlfriend or boyfriend <laughs> or whatever, you know, whatever they're getting down with. And they want to go take that small risk of getting coronavirus and bring it yeah. back and self-quarantine. Are you are you going to say they should not be allowed to do that? Because no. I think the answer is they should. No, I'm saying that these fighters are being put in a position they have to make the choice to fight. Yeah. If they're asked sure. to be on that card, they're not being they, they can't say no, or they can end up like Nick Diaz on the undercard of the undercard yeah. of Facebook. Okay, and then they, then after that they're going to end up cut. If you tell yeah. them no, we've heard, I've heard this story many of times, and not only that, it was happened to me when I turned when I turned down to fight somebody after the Pettis fight was taken away for the title. I said no, I want to fight someone in the top three. Joe Silva says, "Hey, well, fuck it, he can sit on the sidelines for six months to a year." Yeah, I said, "Fine, I'll sit on the sidelines there for six months to a year. I'm financially stable; I can do that." And then a yeah. week later, I get a call to fight Benson. But my point is, they will put you in those type of positions. Yeah, I agree. And then, so now putting these young fighters in that position, they have no choice but to say yes but if they're I, I, asked to I fight. I want to point something out. Since <clears throat> I know Ben didn't see it, but Josh was on that blind date show. Who else was on? It was uh, Tim Sylvia, Pete Spratt, Tiki Goshen, myself, and there was one other guy. Oh, yeah, Tiki. Was, I remember that. It was I all five. Tiki ended up having to go on the show, and when he went on the show, it was with his friend's girlfriend that was on. They came on the show to be his date. Yeah. She was trying to be like a. She was trying to be like an actress or whatever. So they actually picked oh her out God. of a modeling agency. She came on the show oh and ended God. up being his friend's girlfriend at the time wow. out there in Huntington Beach. It was funny. So John, you said Josh has never wrote a bill. You should have seen who he went home with after that show. <laughs> she was hot. <laughs> she was hot. No, she did, man. Um, but like I'm saying, these guys are being painted into the corner by by the UFC. If they're asked to fight on that fight, they can't sure. say no. They can't say so no. I, I yeah. So I, I'm agreeing with you on that totally. <clears throat> but I'm also agreeing that some fighters they don't need to be guilted. They don't need to be. No, pressured. they don't they want to go True. do it. They do. Right? There's of course. a balance there. Yeah. yeah. Cause, but also fighters, we've said this for your athletes themselves, not just fighters, all need to be protected from themselves. You know, because like you Especially have fighters in football players like, oh, like, I have a concussion. Put me back out there, coach. That's what they'll always get. Wrestlers will do it. Fighters will do it. You know, football players will do it. They'll continue to play and they'll try to continue to play because that's what that they love doing the sport. They love being part of the sport. They need to yeah. be protected from themselves. Pushing these people to do this event, knowing at the time, the only person that has the chance to say, no, I'm not fighting this fight is Tony Ferguson. After all the shit that's been gone, that's gone through for, to get this fight together, he's the only one that has the clout, enough clout to say, I'm not fighting anymore. I'm not going to fight Justin Gaethje and potential losing the chance of the title. I don't have to do it. He doesn't have to. He's the only one on the card. The rest of the guys on that card, they're all going to be forced to fight. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with that. The, the other thing I would do if I was UFC too, I, I would limit the card. I mean, I think you're at a point where there's effing nothing on TV and yep. people are going to watch anything that they can. You can put on six show, six fights, yep. right? You don't have to do a full 12 fight card. I you could do something really, really small like that and still get decent ratings. And the, I mean, the other thing here, Josh, and, and I don't know that this is true, but a lot of people are assuming that the UFC is feeling financial pressure because ESPN is not going to pay them if they don't put on yeah. the shows that they're 
contractually obligated to put on. Yeah, I think that's going on for all the promotions though right now. You know, Bellator's yeah. got the same kind of the same issue. We have contractual obligations to do a certain amount of shows every year. And now we're going to yeah. have to play catch up. You know, if this thing goes past May, everyone's fuck, they're biting their nails thinking, man, how am I going to make up this amount of shows? You know, for Bellator, it's 30 something shows and UFC's what, 52 in a year. They've got a lot yeah. of shows to make up. I'm going to give you one word. Wednesday. Oh. Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, um, I, agree. I think that, yeah, I think, I think they're just going to have a, a lot to make up after that. And, yes. and I agree with you a hundred percent. They don't need to put on under cards, put five fights on a, on a main card, show it on TV. And that's all you got to do. You only got to fly yes. out 10 people, not really yep. a whole lot of hotels, not a lot of expenses going out. You know, you're not getting the gate to cover the fighters purses yeah. like you normally do five fights only for TV and be done. I will remind people yeah. that Cain Velasquez and Dos Santos fought on Fox for the first time and it was one fight and they only, married, yep. they only aired that one fight. Why not? I mean, it may start trending us towards boxing, you know, where you just have one or two good fights on a card. Yeah. That will suck because that's what MMA is known for is the five fights, you know, on a main card and, and a bunch yep. of, you know, a bunch of good fights. But I could see them if they wanted to really, like you said, get this done, we could end up seeing just Tony and Khabib fight somewhere and just have that one fight and everybody would tune in. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I, I, t I totally agree. I would tune in. I, I actually, <laughs> I pitched Hunter Campbell. I said, uh, dude, you only need to do 20 versus Khabib. Give them one yeah. tournament each. You, no one else. I, I think if you did that, the pay-per-view of that versus the pay-per-view of normal would probably be 80 to 90%. Yeah. There's nothing I mean, out. There's nothing out right now. I get concerned yeah. about when you start talking pay-per-view numbers because people right now, the one thing they're strapped for is money. So yeah. I, I think you'd have yeah. to put it on. Maybe if you put it on the ESPN, didn't charge the pay-per-view, but you just charge the whatever their fee is. What? $5, yes, $10, $9. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Um, you know, if you just charge that for them to get logged in and be a member at ESPN Plus and they can make money that way, they'll get a ton more yeah. signups just for that one fight. Or you do, like mm -hmm. you said, you just do one car, but it's going to be on ESPN Plus and it's 10 bucks or whatever it is. Awfully yeah. expensive fight for you to put out. I, I agree. I understand. Especially but like, when you're getting no gate. Yep. But you got to remember, though, you got to remember the ESPN is paying them to put product on their their thing. Yeah. So they're not really they are losing money, of course, for that fight. They are. But it's a lot better than a kick in the nuts if you wait, you know, if the fight never comes to fruition. Correct. I think I think it'd be stupid if they fought them, if he fought Justin Gaethje, because there's a chance he could lose that fight. I think a small yes. chance, but there's a good Great. chance. There is a chance he could lose that fight. And if that happens, yeah. then you lose all the hype and the steam behind Tony and Khabib. And that fight right there, I think, is going to do huge pay-per-view numbers. Not Connor yeah. and Khabib numbers, but you're looking at 1-5, I think, you know, somewhere in there, 1-4, yeah. 1-6, somewhere in there, I think, for that yeah. fight. Agreed. Tony Khabib is going to do really well. The other thing I didn't even realize till I, I looked it up, I was doing my own podcast with Front O'Brien the other day, and uh, Tony's only fought once a year for the last, I believe, three years. Yeah. Uh, I'll look this up to confirm. And he is 36 years old. I had yep. no, I thought Tony was like 31. I no. couldn't believe he was no, older no, no. than me. He's getting, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's getting up in age, but he is... <clears throat> He, he doesn't have much time. So that's the thing. Yeah. And then now this fight is not going to happen because of Ramadan also. Khabib's going to have to push this out probably past When's Ramadan. It uh, starts, what, the end of June into through July, I believe. It's on the lunar calendar, so I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I think it's all the way through July until you hit August. Wow. And it's for the full month. Ben, you, yeah. you made a statement. I'm going to ask you a question off oh. of. You made the statement that, you know, sometimes you know, fighters feel bullied by Dana. Of okay. Course. 
we all know that you know he's got his ups and downs. He this had is, his ups and this downs. This is John right now. This is John right no, now, you guys. No, 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 <laughs> this no. is John. Don't just, what? <laughs> the one the one thing that I really you know when you were coming out of um, Bellator, yeah, at the time you know, and I was roughing fights, but I said, you know, at the time Bjorn Rebney was the guy that was in charge of Bellator. Yep. And I said, and I had said, man, if Bjorn Rebney's got any brains. He he tells Dana, hey, he actually forces Dana into a situation. You know, George St. Pierre is your welterweight champion. Ben Askren is ours. I'll give you Ben Askren. You, yeah. you put the fight on there, and if he wins, he's just your champion. You can even keep his contract. There was, it, there was I the, thought it would have really fucking helped yeah. him with his product in using you because he was he was not going to be re-signing you anyways. And here's my here's my question. No, you, Bjorn you did that. Up, I think that I think that was one of the things that actually screwed me. I, you know, I, I don't know if that, that's what he did, but you had that point where Dana was trying to put you down and say you weren't ready for the UFC and everything. And then you you ended up going to one and you did that great was there. After. But you yeah. ended up when you when you finally came to UFC, you seemed to have a really good relationship with Dana. I have my relationship with Dana is non-existent. Oh, okay. Like really? I've probably texted him since I unretired and went to get traded to UFC. Probably texted him maybe six times. I think maybe talked to him on the phone once, but I don't. I don't even want to say for sure once, but may, maybe once. Right? I dealt a lot with Hunter Campbell. He's been really awesome to He's deal with. Smart guy. Really smart guy. Uh, yeah. So my my relationship with Dana is non-existent. Um, and yeah. So back in the day. I, yeah, I got screwed really hard, but you know, it, it was because Bellator and UFC were bickering. I do believe, I think, I'm I'm blaming exactly what the words that Bjorn used were to try to force the fight between me and George. But I think that was one of the things that ended up um, screwing me because uh, you know Dana, at, at, for a while under the table, they were saying you're we're really interested, get rid of your contract. And then the second I got rid of my Bellator contract. They said we're not interested anymore, yep. and it really, really screwed me hard. So yeah, so I ended up going to one championship, and you know, one of the things that I I thought was you know Dana miscalculated is, you know, he thought I was boring and no one liked me, and he you know he knew I was a really good fighter in 2012 when my free yep. agency or 2013 when my free agency came about, um, but he thought I wasn't gonna be popular, and so my, obviously my my one year stint in the UFC proved that that was uh, completely incorrect and. You know, obviously, I I don't like living in the past, but do I wish I had the opportunity in 2013? Yeah, of course I do. And I didn't. I got the shot that I wanted. It was a little later than I wanted, but whatever. At least I got it. Yeah, what chance? Like, I mean, like, because I called your fight. I called a couple of two of, I think, two of your fights in one when you first uh -huh. went over there. And, yeah. um, it just, it seemed like, it just seemed like it was, it, because a lot of those guys over there are stand-up guys, and none of them have anywhere near the wrestling and grappling that you had. Yeah. And so it just made it, uh, it made it, uh, it just it was a, re a replay of everything you were able to do. Yeah. And then getting yeah. to the UFC, it, do you feel like they, 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 you feel like the UFC knew what they were doing by bringing you on later on in your career? Um. Yes and no. I was so obviously just for what you know. And Dana, I actually so this to to be honest, John. I want to sit down with Dana and say, I have my theories, but I want to know exactly why I didn't get signed in 2013. I never got the opportunity, so we are we are not we are not close. I never even got to sit down one on one with him because that was the first question I was going to ask him. Like, I have my theories, but I just want to actually for me, I just want to know. I don't need to tell anybody. I just want to know. I never got to sit down with him. Um. So, you know, when I went over to one championship, 
I was happy. They treated me well. Yeah. Um, and you know, my contract never lapsed. I was never a free agent. Um, I, you know, I, and so, you know, when I decided to retire in 2017, it was like, okay, I put out the statement unless I get the chance to come back. And I thought that likelihood was probably not all that good. I thought there was probably a small chance that that would happen. And then, you know, but even when they called, they won championship. Chachi called me and says, Hey, we're going to, we're going to trade you. I'm like, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, you know, yeah, I thought exactly. there were a lot of ways that this could go down, that I could get a chance against probably some of the best people in the world, but trading them wasn't one of them. So, yeah, I mean, I just, it, it, you just never know how things are going to turn out. And I think it's kind of something, you know, earlier in my life, I thought you could kind of plan things a little more. And now I know you guys, some things you can plan, but sometimes you have to really roll with the punches too. I know that there was some talk between Bellator and the UFC about a potential trade. I'm remain leave, leave the names out, but I know that there was some talk right right before you were you your guys' trade went through. Do are you think we're going to see more of this? Have you heard anything about maybe potentially seeing more of this? I thought we would because of how much excitement it brought. I mean, yeah. anytime you add a new wrinkle to something, you're going to get a whole bunch of excitement. And so, you know, maybe if it starts happening 20 times a year, um, it's going to be less of a big deal. But just think of if it happened like one time a year or two times a year, I think every single one of those times would be a big deal. It would be a big deal because you're going to say, how would this guy do against this guy that that's one of the most interesting things about fighting is when you don't know what would happen what becomes boring is when you know what will happen yeah. and so when you say let's see how would michael chandler do we've never seen him outside bellator how's yeah. he gonna do i'm not sure right how would douglas lima do i don't know we've never seen him outside of, you know outside of that promotion how would uh on long song do we don't know we've never seen him outside of that promotion right and so when you start mixing and matching some of these things, it becomes, I believe it would become much more interesting. You can't do it too many times, but you got to do it. Do you think possibly that would be a better way to go? So neither neither promotion is is hurt at all, is doing trades versus cross-promotion. Because everyone keeps shutting down the cross-promotion idea because yeah. it's like, oh, I got too much. They've got too much to lose. It makes their fighters look bad if they lose to other outside organizations. But if you do trades, it doesn't yeah. really do anything. Like, you know, sure, the guy was a champion over there and he comes over and now he's here, but... You got to remember, there's a lot of shit and a lot of baggage that goes with you fought in two other different promotions after Bellator. It's stressful to go to another promotion and all the shit is around you. Like, okay, I was champion over there. If I lose here, it doesn't look good. And obviously the money, you get paid pretty well when you go to other the next promotion. They want to take care of you because, hey, you were a champion of that organization. Yeah. There's a lot more added pressure on you to perform in the new organization. Are we going to potentially, there's a lot of stress that comes along with it. Do you I would I think that we would potentially see more of the trade business going on to save face yeah. and value for the promotions versus cross promotion fights. I, I would agree. And I like I said, I was kind of surprised it hasn't hasn't happened a couple more times since mine. I I thought mine would kind of open the door and they would start saying, Oh, this is kind of cool. <laughs> a lot of people got really excited about this. Yeah. It turned out really well for us. Let's uh let's do it again. But yeah, they, for whatever reason they haven't. Um and you know. I obviously I think one and Bell one and I'm sorry, Bellator and UFC are competing for the same American market. Yeah. So even if it was Bellator and one or one and UFC, I think it would be uh, a good deal for both parties. John. Well my other question is this. You've been known for your wrestling and your wrestling, mm -hmm. you know, what you did at the University of Missouri and the NC2A championships and going to the Olympics. You recently, eh, not quite recently, but over a year ago. You did a beat the streets, and you mm -hmm. took on Jordan Burroughs. Yeah, and, and it's funny. I, I was talking with Chael about it at the time, and I go, 
Ben's got to know this is not a good match for him. You yeah, know? of course. Of course. But I go, I have to really give you credit that you walked into that saying, yeah, hey, I'm doing this for wrestling. I'm doing this yeah. to help wrestling get some money, get some interest going. And there was one point in that match I got to ask you because, you know, Jordan is known for his double leg. Yeah. And he takes you off of the mat. And you got up and you had this look on your face like, well, there it is. That's what I expected. Yeah. What were you thinking when he dropped you off of the mat at that point? Well, so, okay. So I, I actually, when I retired in November of 2017, Jordan was the only great wrestler of this generation that I hadn't worked out with in some way, shape, or form. And I wanted to. I, lo I love wrestling. So I wanted to go work out with him. So I flew myself down to, to Lincoln, Nebraska, and I'm pretty good friends with the assistant coach there. And I worked out with them for three days, and I had a blast. So yeah, I, I knew what the score was. I thought I could maybe get a takedown uh, in the match, you know, and keep it remotely competitive, which I, I wasn't able to do. I, I knew I, my chances of beating him were really, 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 really minuscule. Yeah. Um, but so in that first get in that first uh, exchange, I caught his hand, and so what I knew is if I turned back in, I was going to get skied, right? So I was facing this way. He was behind me. He had my, his hand on my upper thigh and his shoulder on my back. And so I knew if I turned and faced out, I was going to get skied and four, four points and also up the stage likely. So it was like, okay, I have nowhere else to go but continue to go in this direction. So then it's like, okay, I'm eyeing up my safe landing off the stage <laughs> because I promised Hunter Campbell that I wouldn't get hurt. I asked him, I said, hey, can I do this? And he said, were well, you going to get hurt? I said, well, I've never been hurt wrestling before, so I think it's probably unlikely. So literally I'm thinking, Oh fuck! I told Hunter I wasn't gonna hurt. <laughs> you know, and then I got I got to land safely. So when I landed safely. I'm like, I only gave up one point. I landed safely. We're all good. <laughs> We're good. All right. That's funny, man. I That's give you funny. a lot of credit for taking yeah. that match and doing that for wrestling. Yeah. My hats off to you, brother. That you know, I thought it was great. Appreciate it. So speaking of like uh, with wrestling, like what was I don't I'm friends with T Wood, but I what was your relationship when you guys when he was in college? Well, Tyron's older than me yeah. by two years. Um, and we had a team that we were all close. Like, I mean, just to this day, I probably, on a, say on a monthly basis, I probably speak with 20 to 25 members of, of that team, you know, text, some form, right? Some form or fashion. And so we're all really close. And so I had a great relationship with Tyron. Um, you know, he was one of the leaders of that generation, meaning he, you know, when Coach Smith got there in 99, there was one group before Tyron. Tyron was the first recruiting class. And so he was one of the first, him with, along with a few other people were the first people to take a chance on Coach Smith in Missouri. Um, and, you know, without Tyron and a couple of those other guys, I probably don't see the promise and I probably don't end up going to Missouri. Um, so he was kind of a leader in that aspect. You know, uh, one thing that I was just thinking about the other day, and it's like, wow, I haven't thought about that while. Well. Tyron was actually the president of the Student Athletic Council uh, when I was a sophomore, and then I became the president of the Student Athletic Council uh, as a senior. So we both have, you know, have kind of has always had strong voices and been leaders and and been willing to stick up for you know what we believe in. Which I think if you pay attention to our MMA crew, we've also stuck up for what we believed in. And so, um, you know, then obviously we remained friends, uh, but we didn't see each other that often. You know, everyone thought MMA thing, but when he started coming to Milwaukee to train with at Rufus, which I believe was 2015 was when he first started training here for his fight. So you know, he'd be here for six weeks, six weeks at a time. And so that, you know, that was when we got to start hanging out quite a bit again. 
What was the reason why he left uh, ATT? Because he was down at ATT for a while, and then he left there yeah. after basically right after he lost the title. He left, and then he started training over at Rufus's, right? Well, no, he was never. No, it was before. Uh, yeah, yeah, before he was oh. never. He was never full time out of Florida. Uh, he ran, you know, he's mainly out of St. Louis. He ran, he ran yeah. a affiliate ATT school out of St. Louis. I know Dean Thomas was always his main coach, and Dean Thomas would come to Milwaukee with him. Who, you know, Dean's awesome. Yes. Um, and I think he would go visit and, and then bring people in. I remember because I remember a bunch of stories of him him paying uh, Colby as a training partner when Colby was coming out, but him taking care of Col- Colby. And that's when Colby started acting like such a dipshit. Tyron's like, dude, you're such a Excuse me. Oh, what? Stop. I didn't hear you. What was that? <laughs> Colby <laughs> acting like a dipshit? Colby. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, um, yeah. So I don't, I, you know what? I can't remember exactly what was the flip. I tried getting Tyron to come up here a bunch of times. I think this one time he maybe came and checked it out and he kind of liked it and, and it felt good to him and uh, he stuck around. But yeah, I would have to go back to his record to see exactly. Which fight it was, and obviously, you know, I ended up cornering him in a handful of the fights. Um, yeah, so we're close. Uh, I actually just asked him if he, 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 I think he's got Colby on the table. He did not confirm or deny to me that mm. they were fighting, and maybe that's, uh, you know, maybe that's maybe Dana told him he can't tell anybody. Yeah. So is that is that potentially a fight for two forty nine? Yes, it, it was. It I've was, heard yeah. that. Wow. Wow. That's crazy, man, to think. What, what, what do you, like, when you, when you go back and watch some of T Woods' fights, if you watch his Usman fight, what were some takeaways from that when you were, if you, when you watched it? He just didn't, he got inside his own head for that fight. Um, you know, Tyron actually had like, uh, I, the anxiety is negatively correlated with, uh, performance and Tyron's really super intelligent. And so he always had this issue in college where against the better guys, sometimes he wouldn't pull the trigger. And I felt like he got over that in the Robbie Lawler fight. Mm-hmm. And then for whatever reason, he just came back in the Usman fight. Um, so actually, I, so I just looked at his record. I believe his first fight with Rufus was the Kelvin Gastelum fight, um, and, which is in Vegas. And I cornered him for that fight. Got it. Got it. Yeah. John? Yeah, I, I just you knew that. The, what, what you've done as far as your style of wrestling and how it's translated with other guys. You know, you're coaching yeah. of a lot of guys from Rufus Sports. You, their wrestling mm-hmm. has improved so much out of that camp. Yeah, you know, taking a look at guys like Pettis, you know, the Pettis brothers, and I, I'll Emmanuel tell you right Sanchez. now, Emmanuel Sanchez, his, you know, he was a kickboxer, yeah, and his wrestling and his ground game now are absolutely sensational, wow. and his wrestling is really good because of you. I- I can't take credit because I haven't coached him since like 2017. So, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, well, he's but, giving credit to you. Okay, well, that's, you that. that's awesome. Yeah, you know he's he's doing a great job. Um, I believe was he in the quarters or semis of that welterweight or featherweight tournament? Well, yeah. he's, well, they're starting the quarters right now. His fight was one quarters. of the fights that were supposed to happen in Connecticut. His, the, his fight was canceled. canceled. It was canceled. They canceled yeah. it. Yeah, yeah so was, his fight yeah. got canceled. I forgot he was on the card. I actually had one of the guys that works for me who's going to run one of my new academies, uh, Jordan Not Human Newman. He was on that card. And so I was yep. kind of keeping up to date with him. And it was like, they even did the weigh-ins, didn't they? Right? Oh, they, yeah. Yeah, they did everything. It was like the day of the fight at noon. They called oh, and just said, hey, it's dang. off. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, I think honestly, because they had that press release at three o'clock and they announced it, you know, the president had the press release at three o'clock that he was going to come yeah. out and basically say, hey, we're doing a travel ban. We're doing lockdowns. We're doing everything. And so I think Bellator just said, hey, you know what? Let's get everyone home because we had, you know, we had a couple guys from Russia 
So it, they just started mm-hmm. talking. We have one kid from Brazil. It's just like, hey, let's just get everybody home. Make sure that everyone's at their own location. Not have to worry about the stress of trying to get them home after the fact. And yeah, you know, and I'm glad they they were able to pay everyone and get everyone paid up. But yeah, that was awesome that they did that. Yeah, I, to go back to what we were talking about with the trades and everything, we're gonna start seeing. I think also managers start putting no no trade clauses in the contracts. I mean, you start. I think you may. There's only been one. I know, but I'm saying if this ends up being, if this ends up being one of those things, you know, because I've said for years, I said, look, if you've been in the UFC for, let's say, for three or four fights, and you know that they're not really pushing you to be the guy, you need to get out because that means that they're potentially never going to make you the guy. You know, after you've had three, let's say you have three good wins, and they're not really making a push for you to get on that main card or for you to be, you know, uh, you know, in any of the posters or flyers or or any of that or marketing advertisements. Uh-huh. After three or four good wins, I think it's time to step in, start thinking about, hey, if I if I if I don't keep getting these wins or if I if they aren't pushing me more, you need to start looking for your exit because they do have a yeah. thing for looks. They and ever and this is this is the entertainment business. They have a thing for looks. They have a look for they have a thing for style. And they, you know this is the entertainment business. If you know that that's not happening. And they could potentially trade you. You don't want to be traded to maybe a company that you don't want to work for. Like if you're somebody right now and being traded to the PFL, you're thinking to yourself, well, shit, that's a big step from the UFC to the PFL. I'm going backwards, you know, and yeah. that's not where you want to be. And so you're going to start seeing, I think, fighters. Well, if you're going backwards, you can win a million dollars. You could. Yeah. I agree with you. I Look, I know financially, I'm sure maybe that's the thing. But like a lot of these guys, they're... They, they hinge on the fact of like, oh, I want to fight in the UFC. I get there. I'm going to fight in the UFC. I mean, I've heard guys say like, I want to leave my promotion to try to get to the UFC. And then they left the promotion, never went back. They never went to the UFC. And now they're trying to get back in the same promotion they tried to leave. And so I think yeah. if we do see a couple more trades, we could potentially start seeing how how contracts are negotiated like they are for the for NBA and, you know, NFL and all those clauses as well. I, I can't see – if you have good managers, I think that would be the way to go about it too, to making sure you're not yeah. traded to a I lesser organization. I think we're going to see that a few more, happen a few more times. Yes. And then even when you get to that point, it's going to be few and far between where the managers actually have the amount of power where they can say, this is what I want. Because right now if some rinky-dick manager says that, they're going to say, uh, get lost. Yeah, we're done. We're done with all your other. Yeah, we won't sign any of your other fighters either. Blow win. Yeah, that's kind of what. That's kind of how the negotiations go normally with the UFC. Is like, hey, let yeah. me. You know, if if you do me a favor with this one guy, okay, you know, you know, I'll give you two other guys, whatever. So there's a lot of negotiation. The UFC is like, hey, if I don't, if if your guy's not going to fall in line, then I'm I don't need to worry about signing any of your other fighters as well. And is this kind of where we need to start talking about fighters union, start getting this all together for these athletes? Hold it. Let's go back in time here just a little bit, Josh, okay? Because you're sitting John's taking his way back at 75 years old. Oh, this hasn't happened. You know, do you recall, and you you brought up when Sean Shirk fought Matt Hughes at UFC 42. 42. Okay, he was managed by who? Uh, Dwayne Zinkin. Monty? Dwayne Zinkin because Dwayne Zinkin. Monty Cox was Monty Cox was his manager. Yep, was in jail. And Monty couldn't get him into the UFC because Dana said, You have too many fighters in the UFC. That's too much power. So I'm gonna tell all fighters that wow. no, they, they don't want to sign with you because then they wow. won't come here. Yeah. Wow. So Monty was actually giving up fighters so they could get into the UFC. Crazy. Did not realize that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, let's go back. Let's go back and look nice at the real history of how John. Good stuff. John's got the throwbacks, baby. He's got. I got the throwbacks. <laughs> got the throw. But what do we do with it? Like, do we start? 
I, I don't see any way of getting a union done for the fighters because somebody will always come in and fight for less. No different than the NFL when they had scabs. No different yeah. than the basketball. They'll start. The, someone will always come in. Maybe it won't be the top notch MMA that people are used to seeing, but the demographic or the 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 TV now for the shows has changed. Back when Strike Force was around, it was. Fuck, who wants to see fun fights? And even back then, the UFC, they were on that trajectory of we just want to have the best fights. Yeah. Strike Force was we have, we have, we want to have fun fights and we're going to have, we have good fights and we have the best fights at occasions, but we want to have fun fights for the fans. That now has all changed. And I think UFC is they've put it on fights that are like, it, they want to see the best fighters fight each other. That's kind of what boxing had turned into after years. So I think. We're starting to see that the fans really only care about the top echelon of guys. Even with the Bellator yeah. guys, they want to see Lima fight. They want to see Patricio fight. Yeah, they want to see Chandler fight. They're not tuning in to watch the the young guys be built anymore. And that's right. what made Strike Force popular was the young guys being built. DC, even though he wasn't young at the time, but DC, you know, <laughs> DC, you got like, Rockhold was a young guy. You know, Trevor Prangley wasn't young, but I was kind of a younger yeah. guy. Gilbert Melendez, younger yeah. guy. Kung was Michael older. Chandler. Frank, yeah, Chandler. But like Mike, uh, what's it called? Cain uh, Velasquez fought in, in Strike Force. Amanda Nunes fought in Strike Force. You know, yeah. Ronda Rousey, Ronda Misha Rousey. Tate. You know, there you go. All of them. So they, they were into watching young up and coming stars blew out there potential stars lay it on the line. Now we're getting the the viewership, the casual fan is just tuning in only to watch the big names. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I, I would argue to be, I mean, I don't, I see what you're saying. And obviously the undercards build stars, but I, I would argue that stars have always driven ratings. I mean, that's just, that's just human nature is that, you know, you don't watch, uh, I mean, in sports, it's you watch the team, but in, in fighting or in individual sports, you don't watch for because uh, you like the sport, right? There's that baseline. And I think MMA, it's like 150, 200,000 people might really like it enough to watch it, no matter who's out there. But then when Connor comes, you're going to see the gigantic spike. When Ronda was there, gigantic spike. You know, Daniel Cormier, John Jones, a little less of a spike. And so I think personalities definitely drive uh, the amount of people who are going to watch. Yeah. How, yeah. so to, to go go back a little bit more in history with you yeah. at Bellator, would you have wished to have left straight from there? And I'm not trying to knock one F, one FC at all. I, I've worked for them. I like Chaudhry's great and uh, Victor Q and Matt Hume and all those guys, phenomenal people. Frank, um, Rich Franklin, all those guys. But would how do you think your career would have been different had you been just from Bellator straight to because during that time who they have they had Hendricks John Fitch yeah. GSP I think those were the top three guys uh, yeah. Tiago Alves Robbie would become the champ in 2014 right yep. okay or 13 so yeah I mean it was Hendricks and Hendricks and Lawler I believe at the time I want to say the title fight Hendricks Lawler I'm forgetting which one was like right after I signed with one championship. God. One of those. So that's right in the time era. I don't know. I don't like the thing. You know, like when you worry or think or uh, consider all these things that could have happened that won't happen, they'll never happen again because, right, I'm old now. Um, getting my hip done and I can't rewind history. I don't like I don't like considering a thing about it. My path went where it went. It was yeah. a really good ride. I had a great time. Um, I, I actually, despite people hating Bjorn, I had a great time in Bellator. I had a great time at one championship and despite Dana and me not having a relationship still, uh, I had a great time in the UFC. So I had a good time in all three promotions. 
Um, it was a unique path, a path that I think very few people have ever traveled. And um, would I have maybe had more success had I went to the UFC in 2013? Sure, but I, I don't get to play that back. Yeah. It's a good outlook. It's yeah. the way you look at things are. It, it is what it is. Yeah. That's why I tell people. I tell people all the time. Look, it is what it is, and there's nothing you can do to change it. It. You can sit there and dwell on it. And say, well, if I would yeah. have gotten there when my hip wasn't bad, I would have been able to do a lot. Of this I was faster than. Yeah, you were, and you would have been better. But yeah, this wasn't. You know, it wasn't meant to be, and what's meant to yeah. be is meant to be. And just you've had a great career, and you were yeah. fun. You know, you were fun to watch because you could watch from the beginning of your career in MMA. You did evolve as far as your yeah. ground game. As far as the ground and pound, you didn't know how to ground and pound at all I, when you started. <laughs> shit. It was yeah. bad. Yeah. You were just you were wrestling. I always think about this show. I remember John. I don't even think I had a fight at the time. I don't think I had fought one time. I, I, I yeah, I'm sorry. Maybe it was like once. But I remember I came to uh, uh, AK and John. Josh helped me hit the bag. Showed me how to throw some punches right. <laughs> oh Jesus, like, that had to be a disaster unto itself. I was a nice guy. People don't understand how nice <laughs> I was. He was a really nice guy. He, he reached out to the so, new guy. So hold on. So what yeah. you're saying is that Josh Thompson gave you the base for your striking, which everyone has always known you as a striker. Right? I'm going to take yeah, credit for that. <laughs> you want to hear another funny story? I think this was before Daniel ever fought also. Me and Daniel, were, we were on the Olympic team together. And I don't think he had fought. And maybe it was it was he had one fight or something also. It was really me. But there was this fat Japanese guy. And, you know, I'm going to the, I think I was there for two or three days. And he goes, hey, Ben, uh, usually I beat up on this guy because he's really easy. He said, but today you're, you're a new guy. I'm going to let you beat up on him. He goes, hey, hey, come over here. This is Ben. Why don't you spar a couple rounds with him? And the guy was so terrible. It was hilarious. Oh, man. I think I want to say it was Fujita. Was it? I think it was Fujita. No, was it? Oh, yeah, right? Fujita. No. And Fujita's not fat. He's Fujita's a, he's a, a heavier stock. Fujita's a he brick. Was, okay, he wasn't like round, but he was like really, really. Yeah, big. he was. Yeah, he was. It was. I think it was Fujita huh? before he fought. I think was it Fedor. Fedor. When he fought, I don't know. He he was really bad because I had I had been fighting for maybe three to six months and and he was a terrible striker and I was holding my own against. Yeah, him. he wasn't he was a terrible. striker at all. Yeah, he was. Yeah, <laughs> that's <classic. He's> terrible. <laughs> we've had I can't rec- we've had so many guys come through AKA over the years. I mean, it was. Yeah. You know, you were one of them. T. Woods come a couple times. I mean, we've had mm-hmm. so many guys trickle through that door, especially guys from the, you know, from Pride in Japan because because of Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson had such oh, a connection right. with all the guys from back in the day. You know, uh, Fujita, uh, TK, uh, Kosaka, he came through. All those guys. They, I, we had guys come yeah. through there all the time. It was fun. Great place to be there, and you see it now too with the Russians. You got all these young, talented guys coming over there from there. Yeah. Um, ben, your you, Ben, your last fight in one was against Aoki. Aoki, yeah, that was my, yeah. that was my retirement. Known, fight, yeah. known as a ground specialist, and your last fight in the UFC was against Damian Maya. What was the and difference in Singapore? Yeah, what, what was yeah. the difference in their ground styles that you saw? You obviously got um, the win against Aoki with yeah. ground and pound fast, but yeah, what fast. was the difference? Uh, I mean, Aoki, what he's you know he's smaller, obviously, so that's a big one. Um. Damien just he's as good as it gets. I mean, that's just all there is to it. You know, with Damien, I knew you know it it, but it was it was probably the only fight in my career where I said I actually have to like get good takedowns. I can't just die. You know, most people's eyes dive in, whatever. It's I'll fucking grab their leg, I'll figure it out, I'll figure it out, I'll get on top, you know. No big deal. 
Uh, with Damien, it's actually like, well, I'm not going to sh- take a shitty shot because if I do that, I'm, I'm going to be a bad position. And, and you know, if I get him on top of me, that's going to be an issue. And so, you know, I, I was really careful with all my takedowns. And then on that last one, obviously, I got really sloppy and I got swept. And then once I got swept, it's like, you know, I thought, I, I, at least in my head, I was winning that round and said, okay, well, but if I stay mounted, I'm, I'm obviously going to lose this round. And I think if I win this round, I'll be up three to nothing. Um, and that's a really good spot to be in. And I had trained so much back defense and I, you know, I had a really good high level guy with me. Obviously not as high level as Damien. And I thought, Hey, I, I really don't have any worry about turning over and giving my back. I'm, I'm going to get out of this position. And, uh, I wasn't able to do it. So yeah, I mean, bad decision on my part, but, um, you know, before that, the fight was actually going pretty well, kind of the, the way I planned it to go up to that point. You have guys in, in their careers that they do things really well. Like Randy Couture was one of them. You knew what he was going to do. He's going to dirty box you, pressure the fence, take you down. You can't stop it. You were one of those guys, you know, John Fitch was one of those guys for a while there. You know, you have guys that specifically are going to do things. And we had Chael on yesterday and he, one time he had compared John Fitch to uh, Babe Ruth. Like he calls his own shots and you know, Ah. there's nothing you can do to stop it. And I said, well, you know, I said that that was a little far fetched, but it was, it was, was, you know, it is, you have guys. And this is a teammate of John. John Fitch, this is him backing him up. That's He's one of my boys, man. Exactly but right. I've told him multiple times, hey, you got to open up on the striking a little bit more. He's like, nah, fuck that, man. I'm getting the win. That was was every conversation we ever had with him. But you were yeah. one of those guys that, that did that. And then to, to go out there and fight, fight, fight someone like Damian Maya. That he you kind of playing right into his game is where he yeah. wants it to be. And he's also yeah. one of those guys, you know, guys that were yeah. he knew that they were gonna take him down. He'd hit you with the same takedowns almost every time against the fence, you know, hook the yeah. leg, drag you down, whatever yeah. it was. I mean, was your preparation different because you knew you had to stand more? Um it was just it was just a knowledge. I mean, I always trained my stand up. I just again you know, if you take the Mazadal fight out of there, and what fight hasn't it worked? It worked in it worked in nineteen out of nineteen, and so people want to have this look back and say, "Oh, well, he should have done something different." Well, motherfucker, I won nineteen fights in a row. Like, if you won nineteen in a row, you wouldn't do anything different either. You know. Yeah. So it's like you know, it's, it's so I had always trained stand up, but it was just again, I won nineteen fights in a row. So what I was doing was working, and you know, then the Mazadal thing that happens, but it's like again. You know, how frequently is that knee going to land that perfect? Maybe not that often. It, it did that night, and that's all that matters. Um, but then, you know, with Maya, I was training to stand up. And again, just so I knew I had to have good takedowns. I couldn't do shitty takedowns, which is what I did against a lot of people. Just I'll just do whatever. And, you know, even if somehow, I, you know, like Lima, a couple of times I just did some shit and I landed up a bottom, but it was so easy to then scramble into a position where I'm going to end up on top. And Maya, I knew I couldn't do that. So I just had to be more... Uh, Focused and, and and concise with my takedowns. Nineteen fights in a row. You talked about, and then you see Khabib right now. He's what twenty eight and zero. Yeah, I w- and you guys, are, you guys are not similar styles. But you guys are both wrestlers, and like you have yeah. that, like, hey, this if it's not broke, I'm not going to try to fix it. Just yeah. keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Do you see like maybe people will start to figure pe- figure you out as you go? But here, both of you guys were at the top for so long. No yeah. one ever figured you guys out until that very last yeah. little bit. Are you are we yeah. going to potentially see like Tony or Gaethje or one of these guys figure out Khabib, or do you think he's going to bounce before up to you know one seventy yeah. maybe? Before well, hey, I got I got to run. I'll, I'll answer okay. this question. I got to run, guys. I'm sorry, I didn't realize how long this is going to go. No worries. Um, with uh, 
Tony, I think it's the most interesting fight. I mean, you said this earlier. It's the most interesting fight with um, Khabib because he's going to take Tony down. I mean, Tony has wrestling, but yeah. it's not that great. He's going to get taken down, but he's so active off his back. He's unique. He's going to strike. He's going to fight hard. He's probably not going to get tired, which is, you know, that's the issue with a lot of guys against Khabib is they get tired. They can't handle the pressure. Um, and then the other thing on his feet, he's a volume striker. And that, for me... You know, and me and Khabib do have similar styles. It's much worse to fight a volume striker than a power striker because the power striker, you know, they're they're going to sit down on the punch, and as soon as they sit down, you just smother them and attack them, and it's no problem. You know, Tony, a volume striker, he's just going to hit and hit and hit, and even if you know Khabib gets to take down the first round and and keeps him down, second round keeps him down, he's he's going to keep trying to pound him in the third round. You know, throw the volume punch in the third round, and so that's where I'm genuinely, I you know. I'm curious to see what happens when those two fight. I don't yeah. really know. I, I know a bunch of different scenarios that can happen, but I don't really know for sure. And I'm curious to see what happens. All right. Last thing. Uh, is there anything you want to promote before you go? Like your show, your podcast, your, yeah. your IG pages and Twitter and stuff. Um, yeah, I'm just all over the place. You can find me just at Ben Askren everywhere. Uh, I do a podcast with O'Brien on, on the Rockfin network. John Fitch is on the Ron Rockfin network also. Um, and then I'm on F flow radio. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Cool. So, and yeah. What's your uh, what's your your wrestling camps? What are they called? We're called Ask Wrestling Academy. So nice. we have, we have a uh, yeah. Unfortunately, we opened we we opened four and five last month, like a week oh. before the shutdown. So, <laughs> uh, but we got five schools. Um, and uh, I guess we have an online thing too. If you're bored and you're at home, it's awronline.tv. All right, perfect. Hey, my man, I right, appreciate thanks, you guys. coming on, man. We'll try to get you on appreciate again, hopefully time, soon. Ben. All right, my appreciate man. You guys. Talk to you later, buddy. See ya later. All right, John. Well, we just had uh, Ben Askren on, and uh, hope you guys like that. A um, couple things. And what'd you think about uh, everything he said? Always, first off, he's always been an honest, good-hearted, you know, just a good guy. Who's you know, he he put up with a lot because when he was uh, when he was the champion in Bellator, he was dominant, and he was dominating good fighters, although they weren't the same fighters at that point that they are now mm -hmm. in some ways. But you know, when he had the chance because you know he was being told that you know hey we're interested in you and then whatever happened that you know made it to where Dana kind of started putting him down that that was unfortunate but he made the best of it he went to one he made he made a lot of money there which was good for him that's how he's able to open up his academies and mm -hmm. stuff and he was smart about it just did what he was supposed to do just keep winning and eventually he got into the UFC unfortunately people have no idea how broken Ben is yeah. off of injuries. He's got, you know, he needs a hip replacement. It's very tough to train for a fight when you're hurting yeah. all the time with that type of injury. So just a great guy. And yeah, appreciate his time. Yeah, I was, I mean, I had some major injuries throughout my career, but I got to tell you, like, I can't imagine my hip, like my low back kind of gives me a, a lot of trouble right now. Every morning I get out of bed, it takes me a good five minutes to get out of bed. Like I sit up on the edge and I usually use a couple uh, cuss words first before I stand up, you know, <laughs> and I make it to my feet and that's, you know, I know exactly that, but it's not to the point of a hip, you know, like it's just a tight back, you know, a tight back and, a, you know, ankles and feet are just always killing me because I kick so much throughout my career. It's tough to, yeah. you, you can stretch a back. All right. Yeah. It's not not that you know when it's hurting, it's hurting. But try st stretching your hip, especially that front mm -hmm. adductor thing. And it is not easy to do, man. It's a pain in the ass, and it mm -hmm. never ever it just tightens right back up so fast. It's it's not fun. I don't like to play the what ifs, but I I do I do like to wonder where he would have been at had he came over to the UFC instead of going to one first, because at, at that the time. time 
of the guys the time, that were there. It was the people that were there that yep. were doing well. He matched up incredibly well with. Yep. There was there were, the only, the the best striker of the bunch was George. Yeah. By far. And the whole thing with George was George was playing fights safer at that time and utilizing his wrestling and his MMA wrestling was really good. Mm-hmm. And it the question was, hey man, his George's wrestling is not good enough to stop what Ben Askren does. No, I mean I've had guys from T Wood to uh, DC to other guys telling me like all Ben had to do was lock these two fingers around your leg, and he would have made his way all the way to a takedown. I mean he somehow they, they, he would figure things out, man, yeah. and that's exactly you know, we were, what he was talking about. He would get in the worst positions ever. You would see him in wrestling matches where he was underneath, smashed down. And he yeah. would be in that position where he's just got his hands around, and he would work his way into getting that takedown, getting that reversal. Yeah. It's what made him funky, you know, and that's why they called him the funky one, man. He was he was awesome. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I would. You heard him already. He gave me all the credit for his stand up. You know, I want to take credit for that as well. But um, <laughs> what, yeah, yeah. You, if there's one thing you don't want to take credit for, it's Ben Askren's. I gave him the foundation, and that's why he stood with Damian Maya because he believed in and, what I taught and him. They and they will tell you that the foundation is everything. Yes. And yes. so you built a foundation of styrofoam. At least, at least he was able to use it a couple times to get him on the takedown. I got to tell you, I, I'm. Very very proud to hear that come out of his mouth. I'm going to take full credit for that and responsibility for that. I honestly, guys, watch, I'm going to pat myself on the back. If you guys at home are just listening on iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, all those places. Okay, you guys, I just patted myself on the back. Yes, thank you. Thank you. You take much. credit for my edits as well. So I mean, it doesn't surprise no, me because I'm the one that tells you how to edit. That's <laughs> tell you where to start it, where to stop it. You know, I mean, that's all right, Dave. We know who really does the work. Oh, okay, geez, don't worry. this guy, this guy. You're, you're sitting fine. Oh gosh, it's 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 really hard to work I, in this environment. I'm gonna call. I get all I get all these texts from Dave. Hey, can you just tell Josh to shut up? <laughs> <laughs> This is a really tough environment to work. I'm going to call HR. Um, oh, yeah. It's been great. Which, by the way, HR is me. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it's, it's, I just, I don't know what it is. There's something about him that is unique to me. Not because I've met him before, trained with him a little bit before, but it's just, there's something about him that's unique. It's like people look at him and say he's boring, but he's also... He's not controversial. He just says what's on his mind. And what's on yeah. his mind is it's the truth. Like he said, like you said, oh, the relationship with Dana. He's like, it's not existent. Like most people would be like, oh, yeah, I talk to Dana all the time. People trying to drop names, people trying to, you know, hang clouts on, you know, on that. We've seen that with other guys and Dana's called them out on it. Like, nah, I don't fucking talk to you. I don't even know who this guy is. He shows up my event and sponsors UFC. You know, like there's things that, you know, <laughs> like there's, you know what I mean? Like the the people have been called out for like they're not knowing. He's legit just not trying to clout off somebody else's name. Like, oh, Dana and I are friends. No, no, we're not friends. Yeah. You know? I talked to Hunter Campbell. Yeah. I, he, go ahead. No, no, no. And if you... If you want to get something done, Hunter's a good person to get it done in the UFC. So it's smart. Uh, no, all I was going to say was for casuals like me, um, Ben Askren's different in that uh, he he's very entertaining. So even though as people say the style is boring, still like you want to watch him fight because you want to see the outcome because he hypes it up. Where other other people with similar fight styles, you know, they just they don't build the fight in the same way to yeah. where you're excited to see the fight regardless of 
what the fight looks like. You know what I'm saying? Well, let's talk about it. John Fitch. Same thing. Like, if he yeah. had more of the personality that Ben did, I think people would still just tune in, whether to see him get beat or whether to see him win. But what realistically, to see what goes on on fight week. Because if you guys remember, during that time when he first went, you know, to the UFC, there was altercations with him and Mazadal in the hallways, altercations between him and Usman passing, like talking trash, you know, and... There's already though that that brings more excitement throughout the week of what goes on. As simple as it gets, you can people can say whatever they want about Ben. When Ben went to the UFC, he didn't have any boring fights. No. His fight against Robbie was spectacular. Yeah. In what he was able to accept and how bad Robbie oh. was was hurting him in the beginning and to come out of it and then his fight with Masvidal although it didn't end for him in a good way was spectacular as far as just yeah. the landing of that knee and that how fast that knockout was. And then his fight with Damien was a great fight. If you like the ground game, that fight was fantastic. There was a lot of stuff going on. You know, hey, you can't please everybody. No, All never. you can do is be yourself, do what you, you know, can do. And that is exactly what I think Dave is talking about is Ben has always been himself. He's been honest. He'll tell you the way he thinks it. And what more can you ask from somebody? Well, I think Dave likes it because it has a little bit of that WWE feel to it. And that's what Dave, you know, no, the, the, to. It, it does not have that because there's truth to everything. Ben. Yeah, said. that's that is it's true. It's truth. <laughs> but it has the hype of like a WWE thing, like where one guy says, I'm going to do this to you or I can beat you and do this. I liked it. I the things. It, it was funny. I watched a little clip about him calling him uh, Marty Usman. And then he's like, why? Why did you start that? I want to say Biz being asked, why did you start? He's like, because that was his damn name. Like there was no there was no lie about it. He wasn't trying to call him a name that's what he knew him as and i i yeah. didn't know that i didn't know i didn't know that that's and he's like no before he changed his name and yeah, we used to wrestle marty. in the same his name was marty and yep. it just it was it was eye-opening to me because i never i never looked into it really all that much i thought it was just ben being ben and being like hey you know what i'm gonna call you marty because you look like a marty or whatever i don't know but uh it was great having him on i enjoyed it and um yeah, man, it was it. We, I, yesterday we had Chael, and today we've got you know Ben. Shit, I mean, what's next? Who knows? We'll see. I'm excited. Dana White. I, I heard We're you. I heard Dana you know White. a guy from Dagestan who holds the UFC title. Yeah, I want to wait yeah. till all this dies down before I talk to him. Because yeah, I, don't 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 hit him up when things are right in the middle of it. Wait until it's over. Yeah. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, he's getting pulled in a bunch of different directions right now. I hate to yeah. be one of those like friends. No, those don't guys. be that guy. Yeah, don't I don't want to be that. Guy. Oh yeah, can you come on my show? Because it just I don't like to be that person. But it is. I would love to have him on. We know that we've had him on. I've had him on twice already before from. a previously but he's uh so what do you think what what is it first I, off I, I don't think it's gonna do happen you honestly think do you think khabib is fighting at all no i don't either do i i don't if they do you don't think 249 is gonna happen no i don't you I don't. don't i don't not at all no i don't think the car is gonna happen car's not no. gonna happen uh -uh. i don't they're gonna call it I think so. I, I think okay. I, I think he really is going to pu push the issue to make it happen. If it, it does make sense for it to be in Chechnya, if you do it there, yeah. But yeah, I mean, are they gonna, are they, it's going to be hard to get honestly to get fighters to be like, yeah, I'm going to go to Chechnya. Well, I mean, if you look at and and this is like I said, I've been there, and there's one flight. I'm telling I you, I, people don't believe me when I say this. Okay, here, this is you. Flying into Chechnya, you you touch the ground at about two thirty in the morning, okay, and they just get you through the little you know areas real quick. They you know do your passport and stuff. Getting out of Chechnya, oh, is that a special thing? 
But do they? Can they fly them privately? That's the thing. They don't well, have to go on that yeah, two thirty in the morning you, flight. You would think, you know, they yeah. they would have to. But think of the cost. Yeah. Of flying private jets yeah. to Chechnya, man. That's ooh, that's a lot of fucking ducats. I mean, here's my thing: is I really feel like if you only have one fight or two fights or whatever, and you can have I don't it. I think that's what they're trying to do, though. I know. Man, just, I know. He's trying to put, you know. And I give Dan the credit for trying to, yep. he's trying to put on this incredible main card. No. And like, I, you know, I, I, I didn't even bring it up, but you know, the Tyron Woodley versus Colby was supposedly going to be part of that card. That's a great fight. You know, he was trying to put this incredible main card on. So if he can do it, hats off to him. Congratulations. I yeah. just, man, it's, you know, it's one of those things when everything is just working against you. Yeah. Everything, you know, every time you, 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 you think, okay, we're going in this direction and then boom, something else happens and you go, I can't go in that direction. I got to go in this direction. And I think that's just what's happening with what we have going on right now. And it's, it's not their fault. They're trying. It's just, I don't think it's going to be I'm not try- the end success. I'm not trying to be negative. I really want to see the fight. I really oh, yeah. do. But here's Trust the thing. Me, I, want is I want to see the best version of these two guys because we've waited this long. Yeah. I don't want to get the half-assed version. If I wanted to get that, well, I'd go back and, and watch part- all of fucking Floyd Mayweather fights where he waited till the guy was out of his prime <laughs> to fight him. I don't want to see part, that. The other part you don't want is you don't want to have where someone has the excuse. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want them to have the excuse. Well, hey, look, at, I only got the train for... You know, and yeah. or I didn't know. And so I, I actually stopped. I don't want that. That's, you know, like you say, I want guys to be, you know, go there, do their very best, give, you know, whatever they have and no excuses off of it. You win, you win, you lose, you lose. Doesn't matter. Yeah. I want to see the best version of every fighter that's on our car, but sp- specifically, I want to see the best version of Khabib and Tony. And we're not going to get that no matter what they do and where yeah. they put the fight, we will not get the best version of both those guys. And that's not fair to either one. And that's not fair to the fans that have waited this long, five times they've tried to get this fight to happen. And it's not, it's not fair. It really isn't. Well, well, the, the latest that I heard, you know, the people were talking about is, you know, you know, they should strip Khabib. I'm like, <laughs> Strip him of why? For what? Because of a, a, a worldwide pandemic that happened exactly. without his control? It you make allowed any sense. a worldwide pandemic to yeah. happen and you didn't fight during it? That's it. Strip him. Like, yeah. Wow. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make I any sense. I had people saying I was a hard ass for saying, you know what? They should strip John because of, you know, problems with law. Not saying they're going to do that. I don't think. In fact, I think this actually helps John. Yeah, it does. You know, and in, in them saying that, you know what? We're just going to let that ride. Let it go. But I couldn't believe people are saying, yeah, you need to strip Khabib, make Justin versus Tony for the light. I'm like, you guys are crazy. It's dumb. The other, like my concern with that Justin versus Tony is let's just say Justin beats him. Now, Tony, now Justin's got to fight Khabib and they're both managed by the same guy. I just don't, you're going to end up with more complications behind the scenes. That, I'm all that, about they, Justin fighting Khabib. Yeah, but the, I don't think it'll happen. That's the thing. Ali's going to find a way to make sure that he's not, both these guys are not getting screwed. I mean, maybe they will for a, a a big extended amount of money. I don't know, but I don't see that. I don't see that benefiting. I don't see that benefiting the fighters that are both managed by the same guy. I think it's going to be, it's going to get complicated in there. Isn't Cejudo managed by Ali? Yes. Isn't Marlon Moraes managed by Ali? I don't think so. Really? I don't think Moraes is. Okay. I might be wrong. I don't think he I was is. Th- I was thinking he was. Maybe he might be. He might be because I do know because he was friends with because, you know, I met when I first really met Ali. It was at Frankie's gym uh, out there when he was training. Yeah. And I met Ali through Frankie. He could be, but I don't think he is. I don't think I don't he know. is. Or maybe he was. And 
I'm looking at the list right now. Yeah, um, of who he manages. Yeah. Because I haven't seen him in the last couple pitchers. Come um, on, make me right, Dave. Because you know how they've been doing those, uh, the all he's been doing those, whatever his name of his management company is. He's been doing like these shows. At, yeah, Dominus. The he's been doing pressers or whatever the week of the big fights with all of his guys. He brings them all together and does it. It's a pretty good idea. Um, but I haven't, I don't think I've seen Marais there. I've seen, you know, all the other guys. This list, his list yeah. is crazy, man. Yeah, his list is crazy. Um, I'm going, th I, I still can't see him on yeah. here, but I'm just going. You would think he'd be at the top considering. Yeah. Oh, no, he is there. Oh, is he? Okay, yeah. I guess ah! he is. Interesting. He's at near the bottom, but yeah, he's there. All right, the, the one the one last thing we're going to talk let's talk one last thing because we're, we're going to cut off here but one last thing after the, uh, for this the uh, Cody Garbrandt talks about cutting down to 125 fucking crazy okay don't do it as simple as it gets take a look at TJ no okay TJ cut down Cody at 135 is he's a pretty big 135 it's not like he's small Okay, he took the title from Dominic. Yeah. Was he bigger or smaller than Dominic? I think they look the same. Dominic seems like smaller. he's pretty big for 35, though. Was yeah, he, he is pretty big for... Yeah. Okay, he's pretty big for 135, and they were the same size. Okay. That's my whole point. He lost to Pedro Munoz. Pedro Munoz is a guy that I said, yeah, he could fight at 125. Mm -hmm. He's smaller. He's a little stocky, but you know, shorter. Whenever you're getting into guys that are about that five foot seven, five foot six, five foot seven, mm -hmm. and getting into one twenty five, man, you you gotta have that 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 frame built that I don't think Cody has. Got it. Cody's a pretty solid guy. Yeah. And I think him trying to get to one twenty five is gonna be too much. Do you, do you think he's in, in an emotional fighter looking for an easy way out, kinda? Like, oh, he's, he's an emotional fighter. No, emotional but I'm saying about easy way do you out. think because he's like he's basically saying instead of trying to control my emotions at 35 and get back on track, like I'm just gonna go to 25 and be the bigger guy and take take That's, the belt down. Yeah, okay. but then you're dealing and, with and the again, speed. Yeah, see, and being the bigger, stronger guy doesn't just work because when you're talking about fighting, not one guy that I know will sit there and say I would rather fight the faster guy than the bigger, stronger guy. Yeah. Here's the thing. When he fought Dom, he was faster than Dom. When he fought TJ, he yes. was faster than TJ. He's faster than guys at 35. Okay, maybe he doesn't have the same amount of crack and power as some of those guys, but he's he's got it. He does have crack and power. Oh, but yeah, I'm he's saying, got power in his hands. He's got for the speed. For a lighter weight guy, he can crack. He's got the speed, but what, he, what I feel like he lacks, and it's been shown, is the fight IQ when he gets hit. He and that's lacks the, it's the discipline. emotion. It's the discipline and the emotion. He lets the emotion yes. control what happens when in those Cody fights. When Cody gets hit by somebody, mm -hmm. he gets mad and he wants to hit them back. Yep. Instead of saying, it's okay, let me collect myself, Super. let me reset, let me come about trying to touch you with a yeah. good shot, being smart, he starts to wing shots, starts to open up. He yep. gives an opening that sometimes guys are able to touch his chin you know he had he had TJ hurt in the first fight. Yeah, it's just that the round was near the end, and then he opened up in the second. And when you open up, there's an opening for them to get that counter in, and that's what TJ did. And Cody just needs to get back to being a smart fighter. He's got all the tools. He's tough. He hits like a truck for 135 pounds. Yeah. He just needs to be disciplined. He what he needs to do is he needs to do. He needs to have a replay every single fight of when he fought Dom. When he fought Dom, he didn't let oh. his emotions get the better of him. I, he I, was dude, having I was, fun. I was so impressed. You know, I did that fight, and you would sit there, and Dom would lead him into something, and he would, nope, 
and he would back off and say, hey, right here. Yeah. And he always fought under control during that entire fight, you know, and he was doing little break dancing stuff and everything and all that bullshit, but he was having fun. And that, he was the guy in control. That lightened the moment inside the cage. He didn't let Dom get to him. He understood what was at stake. I, I felt like that was the best kid that we've ever seen fight, step in that cage. Uh, best Cody we've ever seen step in that cage. He no needs to doubt. fight with that type of just confidence. Relax, confidence, relaxation in there, and having fun. If you go back and you watch the other two TJ fights, he got he got coaxed into like a brawl. And that's not where you want to be. He didn't... He, that, that second time when he lost the second fight, he threw the same overhand right three times in a row, and TJ just hit him with the same punch three times in a row until he got knocked yep. out. It wasn't yeah. like anything changed. Had he just got hit, boom, circled out, and threw his combinations reset like you said, reset and threw again, you, we would have seen a, probably a different type of fight. I'm not saying yep. he would have still won, but I'm saying we would have seen a different type of fight. He got it in his head he needed to knock TJ out. Yeah. You don't need to knock TJ out. Nice. You just need to... Do what you need to do to win the fight. Yeah, if that knockout will come if you if you if you allow it. If you if you force it, normally it doesn't show up. Yeah. All right, my man. Well, I'm gonna wrap this up. Hey, you guys. If you guys are listening at home, the Real Punk Instagram and Twitter. Uh, hit us up, uh, Wayne and Show on Instagram, and um, go to our YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, all those things. Hit subscribe. Hit the thumbs up. Appreciate you guys. Um, numbers are growing, and hopefully you guys enjoy these last two shows. We had Cheo on yesterday. We had Ben Askren on today. We're going to try to do more guests, but we also, John and I, like to talk uh, amongst ourselves, as you can tell. Uh, we're very long-winded. Not us. But we, we, uh, <laughs> we're we very grateful. Uh, honestly, our numbers are continuing to grow. I think we're doing almost 1,000 subscribers a week. Please keep sh sharing our videos, the thumbs up, and that helps get our video out. We appreciate you guys. Also, 5,000 thumbs up this time. We easily beat the 1,000 last time. Dave was trying to tell me that. And I uh, want to try to get to 5,000. We were just under that last time. So let's try and hit that 5,000 mark. Thumbs up, please. If you guys are on iTunes, any of the other uh, listening, podcast, or listening platforms, please go to YouTube. Hit the thumbs up as well. That helps show our videos. I appreciate you guys. ProWrestlingTees.com uh, slash Josh Thompson Official. Pick up your weighing in um, T-shirt. As well, if you guys post a picture of that, tag us in it, and we'll repost it as well as for Big John and I. I'll repost it for sure. Big John, I don't know. Okay, but <laughs> but we appreciate you guys. Thank you guys. You guys stay safe. Big John, you got anything else to say? Everyone, stay healthy. Stay healthy. Take Pod care. Thanks, podcast for, thanks for listening. Nothing good. I don't want to hear you anyways. All, All right. right, guys, we're out of here. Have a good one. Stay safe.